Welcome to Growing You, one part of LaGrave's adult education program. In this session, you will hear from our Comfort and Care Ministry, what they do, and where they plan on growing. You're listening to Growing with One Another, Comfort and Care for the Grieving. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> we, we start with a clap so that we can get our recordings to work. So we're talking to the technology at the beginning. Um, so this morning, we have some members of the Comfort and Care Committee with us to talk about caring for the grieving. Chad Borsma, who those of you who were at the 840 saw him up front. He's got to get back up there for the 11, so we're going to watch our time on that. We also have Marge Penning and Jane Haberkamp, and they are going to introduce their committee and what their ministry is among us. So without more introduction, let's, let's get going. The first question being, what is the comfort and care ministry at Great? Yep, good question. So we're relatively new. Um, I think we have existed for about two years now, but it doesn't feel like two years because COVID was in there. So some things didn't happen as we would thought they would happen. Um, you can all hear okay? Okay, good. Um, so the Comfort and Care Ministry is, its mission really is to minister to people at the grave who are grieving. And that grieving can take a variety of forms. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go through here. But um, we have, as we said, Marge Penning is part of it, Jane Haberkamp, myself, uh, Norma Hooksmith is part of it, um, Marge Snowink is part of the group, Sally Yonker is part of the group, Marge Hogaboom was part of it to help us get started at the beginning. And so our mission is to try to help, oh, and Dorothy Bonson, sorry, forgot one person. And um, so our mission is to help people who are in grief. How did you get started? Um, that's a good question because all of us sitting up here, when it was started and when they started talking about it, we weren't part of it. So <laughs> it's a little hard to explain when um, we weren't there, <clears throat> but we believe the, um, the need was recognized, that there was a gap in the congregation for ministering to people who were grieving. We know that came up from some members of the congregation, and we know Pastor Ruth felt that, that there wasn't the time in her job description to be able to uh, minister to everyone who was grieving. And so it came up through, through her, through um, suggestions from the congregation, and then went through the pastoral care committee. Um, Jennifer Schroeder was part of that, getting that started. And we joined, a lot of us joined, because there was an announcement in the LaGrave News, and several of us saw an interest and felt that that was something we felt called to do. And so we joined the group and we became the, um, the Comfort and Care Ministry. We were actually for a little while called the Grief and Healing Support Team, or GHOST, if you want to think of it that way. Um, after a few meetings, we didn't like that name, and so we changed to the Comfort and Care Ministry. You can probably figure that all out. So. so can you tell us what your team does when there's the death of a spouse in our congregation? Okay, um, I take the ball at that point. Um, if I don't hear of a death from the from the bulletin or from the minister, Maria Jansen from the office lets me know 
if there's been a death and that there's a surviving spouse. And what I do at that point in time is send out a card within a week of that death. And in that card, I just um, let the recipient know that we are thinking and praying for them after the death of their spouse, that their church family cares deeply for them, and that in the near future, somebody else from our team will be contacting them by phone to see once how the team can help them in any way, in shape or form. And Dorothy Bonzo is the person who um, does that follow-up call usually. And then that's the initial. And then at six months, I also send out another card, just sort of the same lines of, we're still thinking and praying for you. Um, you know, the Lord is walking this path with you, that kind of thing. And just to let them know, we are here yet for you at this stage of the game at six months. So you mentioned prayer. I understand that that's, there's more to this. There's yeah. more to oh, this. Yeah. There's a lot more to this. There's a lot more to this. I'm just well, the first. Just, just doing skip it. Yeah. <laughs> I am the first person. And so um, to get that all rolling, to let them know we are out there for support and help if needed. So Jane mentioned that um, Dorothy calls the people as well. So about a week after, um, after Jane sends the card or within that first time, Dorothy calls and offers a meeting with the person just to check out, to see how they're doing. She makes sure they have a prayer shawl and just kind of offers any needs or assistance that they might have. And it kind of, depending on their response, she may call again, there could be follow-up visits arranged. We have a backup plan that we could link them to another widow or widower in the church to, to have some ongoing meetings. So, and then um, there also is the Stevens Ministry series of booklets and those are arranged in, um, there are four booklets and then they're mailed out um, with, at, at a timing within so many weeks after the death. So at three weeks after the death, the first book is mailed out. And then um, this is what this one's called a time to grieve. And then after um, six months, there's a sec or three months, there's a second book. And that one is experiencing grief. And then there's another one at six months. And that one is finding hope and healing. And then there's one a year after and then that one is this um, building and remembering. And then um, we also, with the first book that is sent out, send a resource list. And that the resource list has a couple of things on it. It mentions that in the media center, we have a, a whole series of books that have been organized under a grief section, and that's available online as well. And just a whole list of what those books are. And then in addition to that, we recommend a website from the Grief Share group. And that website has daily emails called A Season of Grief. So people can sign up for that and receive a daily devotion series for that first year. And the Grief Share website also has multiple references on group meetings and seminars and all sorts of materials, a devotional book, an audio book, and free access to the Grief share ministry coaches if people want to go in further into that 
There's a second website that we send them, and that's called the Starlight Ministries, and that has support groups and videos and materials with that. And then um, we do at some point consider having someone contact a Stevens minister because they have a lot of training and working with widows and widowers, and so that is a request thing. And then finally, um, there's the course of Pine Rest Camp program that's available. So um, we kind of go through you know, that sort of series. But so that first card you know, comes with, or that first booklet comes with that little list of all of those resources. We kind of wait to see then do people contact us for, you know, further on. And then finally, there's, um, there are these informal social groups that we have. And those are, um, that was something that Nancy Bolt and I had started. We met together for a while, and then um, we started setting up informal breakfast groups. So I send a card to someone in that, you know, about a couple weeks after their, the loss of their spouse, and just offer that these groups exist, and if they're interested to contact me. It, they're informal because we have to have it where the, you, you can't have a bunch of people descend upon a restaurant so we try to limit it to seven people at the most eight that could that could meet on a monthly basis and just have and just share their experiences and and, and just kind of support each other on a social level so we have um, right now there are three of those and there's a fourth one that's forming and then finally the other thing the other thing that we're doing is another informal social group and that one is something that Marge Snowing is starting and that's going to be for people who want to meet for brunch after the service on Sunday. So she's going to be starting that with a group of six people later this fall. But it's one of the things again that everyone is invited and then we kind of leave it to them to see do they get back you know and then hopefully that that'll work out and so far it really has. We should add uh, this, the books that Marge um, held up, those Stevens Ministry books. That's not something that we started. We kind of inherited that ministry. That's been going on at the grave for a long time. It used to be called the Comfort Ministry, I think. And there were different people involved in that with getting those books sent out to people. So we inherited it. We are grateful for that. They're a great resource, but we didn't come up with that idea. Yeah, Mary, Mary used to do that. Mm -hmm. And also people used to deliver them in person. Um, of course, with COVID, things have changed quite a bit. And, um, but we like to have that personal connection too, if at all possible, but because of COVID, a lot more things are being sent in the mail. So I do understand that prayer is an important part of your ministry. Can you tell us more about that? We can. So we took, we went to Marie Jansen. If any of you know Marie in the office, you know she is a wonderful resource for many things. And we asked her if she had a list of all the widowed people in the church. And she does on Alexio. And so she printed that off for us. We, the list varies from 130 to 140 widowed people at the grave. And so we took that list and we started searching for um, the death date of when that spouse passed away and looked online, looked at obituaries. Um, Marie did some digging through church records. And so we have the list of all widowed people and we have the 
death date of when their spouse passed away. So what we do is, for example, coming up soon, um, all those who had their spouse pass away in November will get either an email from us or a note card in the mail letting them know that we are praying for them during the month of November. And so the team um, has that list as well, and so we pray for them. But then we also invite them to give us specific prayer requests. Some do, some don't. But if they have a specific prayer request that we can pray for them during the month of November, then we do that. Um, we especially pray for them on that anniversary date for when their spouse passed away. But that way, even though the, uh, the things that Jane and Marge are doing for those initial deaths, this way, no matter how long it's been since their spouse passed away, we're still remembering them um, every year on that anniversary. So I know there's a grieving prayer book that has your group was involved in. Can you tell us how that came about? Can, and we actually have some copies that if you need to pick one up on the way out, you can. Um, it started with writing scripture-based prayers, and um, I have a love for doing that. Jolene DeHere has a love for doing that. And so her and I had a conversation and said, well, what if we created a section of prayers that could be prayed for a grieving person that anyone could pray. And then we also had a section of prayers that could be prayed by someone who is grieving. And so that booklet came about with 31 prayers for the one section, 31 prayers for the other section. So on <clears throat> October 24, you can, if you're praying for someone who's grieving, you can pray that prayer that's there. Um, on the 24th, there's a blank for the person's name. If you're a person who is grieving, then you can pray in the other section, pray the prayer for the person who's grieving. Um, we had huge support from LaGrave on this. We brought the idea to Pastor Ruth and the Pastoral Care Committee. Um, we brought the idea to the Comfort and Care Team and the idea to um, the Spiritual Formation Committee, Pastor Christy, Jolene's chair of that. And we had pretty much unanimous support for that, um, both in the idea and in the financial part of it. And so we were able to get those printed. Um, initially, they were sent out, mailed because of COVID. They were mailed to all the widowed people. Um, they're made available at church. There's always copies of the Welcome Center. But then also when um, the initial death happens, Marie Jansen sends one of those out to each new um, surviving spouse as well. So we've had good feedback on it. Um, Jolene this weekend is at a widow's conference presenting and she has a stack of them there that she had printed and she said they're, they're, um, they're very popular. So we're, we're grateful for the way God has used that. So what about when people who are grieving because of a divorce? So we're speaking for Sally Yonker here because she's kind of our key person on the group for that. And um, you can tell our initial work as a team was ministering to people who are widowed. Um, we'll be honest, that was the group that was easiest to identify. It was the biggest group. But then we also realized there are other forms of grief that happen. Um, for divorced people, it's a work in progress. That's what we'd say. We do have a list from Marie, but we don't think it's complete. So we're, we're working on expanding that list, finding out who is in that category. Um, Sally is doing some phone calls to some of those people to find out what their experience has been, 
both personally, what their experience has been as far as the support from the church has gone. And um, she's kind of surveying people. And we're also working on adding resources to the library as well. Marge mentioned that there's a, a section in the library for books on grief. But we're also wondering about getting a section for people who are divorced as well. So it's a work in progress. We admit it's a little harder one because um, the church isn't aware of everyone who's been through a divorce. And um, it's a little bit harder to navigate that to figure out um, how to minister to them. But it's something we're committed to and uh, we're continually working for ideas. And if anyone has ideas too, we're, we're welcome to receive those. So is there anything else that you're working on, hopes and dreams for where this will go in the future? Well, there are um, two things that we're working on now. Um, we're considering offering yearly grief classes. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was a film that Jolene led a discussion um, group following that, and it was a, and then this year, uh, we kind of thought the film wasn't as widely applicable, but she had taught a four-part class at CAL, which is Calvin's Academy of Lifelong Learning. And so she offered that to LaGrave members this October. So um, we're thinking of having some yearly overall grief classes in that area. And then also um, the second thing is we're considering having discussion groups that would follow the November Remembrance Service. <laughs> so this um, on November 7, following that service, we're offering refreshments and we're kind of moving towards thinking, should that be a time to have discussion groups following the service? And of course, we're open to any other suggestions and any other things that people think would be helpful for us. I just want to mention, mention that we know there's a lot of other types of grief too. People maybe has lost a child or um, you know a close relative or something like that, not a spouse. And so we've been talking a little bit about that. How can we minister to people with those kinds of um, losses also? So it's as Chad said, our main focus was the widows group because it was so large. And um, but it's not. That was our main first focus, but we are trying to branch out a little bit. Yeah, it's not our only focus. We're, right. we're realizing grief is broad and there's a, a lot of um, ways people are affected by grief. And so we're continually brainstorming when we meet, but we are open to other ideas, other thoughts as well. If you think of, oh, you know, I know this person is grieving because of fill in the blank, we'd love to hear from you. And um, we're, a, we're a fairly new group, so we're still finding our way but um, we're open to where the spirit is leading us with how we want to minister to people who are experiencing grief. And if you're interested in any of the websites or things that I had mentioned, we have those all on a handout over by Chad's right. books. Yeah. We'll have those out when you, as you head out, you can pick up one of those handouts or if you need another copy of the, um, the grieving prayer book as well. So do any of you have any question? Just wondering, is that a fairly new group? Two years, I think. Yeah, we started. I think it was. I think we met the first time in September before COVID happened, so 2019. Yeah. So, and obviously had a little delay in what we were doing, as so many things have had. But um, yeah, we're fairly new. So some aspects have been ongoing. The Stevens yeah. Ministry part right. has been uh, the informal widows groups that Nancy Bolton and I started. That would have been 
they've been going on for the last 10 years. But it's uh, going back to um, us forming, Pastor Ruth said to me, she says, this, this is a group that I know is out there and that I know has a need, but she didn't have the time in her, her job description to be able to do, to start a ministry to do that. And so we knew that was a gap in the church. And so we're trying slowly, piece by piece, to, to fill in that gap. Any other questions? Uh, you mentioned that uh, you're considering uh, adding the uh, loss of a child uh, to your ministry. And that's, that's wonderful. Starlight Ministries is a fantastic resource for that. Um, are you uh, putting together or uh, letting your people to whom your ministry know about uh, podcasts that may be available if they are able to access that sort of media? Not understanding, of course, that not everybody is able to do so. We are, I would say we are continually open to adding to our resource list. So if anyone has um, ideas or podcasts or websites or whatever it might be, we are definitely open to adding to that resource list, yes. Um, what about, you, you mentioned reaching out to surviving spouses, but what about uh, children and siblings that are uh, still in fellowship uh, with the church? Um, they're often referred to as the forgotten mourners. Um, have you considered expanding? Have you considered expanding um, your outreach to the ex the extended family? That I understand, of course, that it's oftentimes hard to know who these siblings are, but uh, children should be relatively easy. Um, just a question. You know, when, uh, when Dorothy calls, she talks to she talks to the surviving spouse, and I think any issues of the family then would come up. I'm sure if someone initiated that, I mentioned the Grief Share and the Starlight Ministries, and they have unlimited resources, but I think it's, um, we're certainly open to expanding beyond it. Mm -hmm. Do you want, as a social worker, to comment? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think is whoops. It, it's fine. Is it fine? I just yeah. lost the little thing in the end. Okay. Um, we are fairly fairly new, and as you know, it was basically started to be for widows and widowers. Um, but we're open to expanding, but we don't want to take on too much too soon, too, so that we don't do anything well. Um, and so, um, you know, as you know, we've got the, we've got the pastors and other people in their church too. So if there was definitely a need with, say, um, a surviving child or whoever, we would, you know, definitely be willing to um, look at that. And I, and, you know, it's a very good question, and it doesn't mean that we will start ramping up in that that area um, because we're just starting with the whole divorce thing now too. Um, but really the parameters are open. We're not locked into a certain area. We just 
want to be a blessing to this church and let people know that their church family cares for them in this time of grief. And I will say what we're doing, we want to do well. So we yes. don't want to jump on board with too many things right away and then have a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here. We want to do well, um, but we definitely appreciate the feedback and, and the other ideas because we may not have thought of some of these things and uh, it's good to get the feedback from others. And if anybody wants to join our committee, <laughs> we have a lot of fun, we do. I mean, fun, but you know, we, we, have, we do have a good group of people where we do well together in, in pursuing this. In a lot of these areas too, I think we're offering a service and then we're kind of waiting to see what people respond to. And some people want to, really want to be left alone and we don't want to be too intrusive. And we're kind of walking the line of in the initial confusion after someone loses a spouse, they're inundated financially, you know, everything's coming at them from all sorts of directions and they have to handle so many things. So we don't want to be lost in the process either. But there is that piece of it that we're hoping that the people who have the need will, will seek us out and then we'll pick up on the resources and we'll look back to that paper and go, oh, I could look at this website, I could call somebody, I could go to the, the CAP program. We're hoping that they will then take that initiative. So I think we're more now offering the resource and kind of seeing if, if a need comes forward beyond it. We'll add that uh, Dorothy Bonzo does those phone calls a couple of weeks mm -hmm. afterwards. Mm -hmm. And Dorothy probably wouldn't want me to say this. She wouldn't want me to put the spotlight on her, but she does a really good job with it. Um, really good conversations with people. And then at each of our meetings, she comes back and reports how that conversation went. And she, she's really good at assessing where that person's at in the grief process. And uh, that's a huge piece of, of navigating where we go with each one. Um, so she's really good at it. Yeah, we realize that, I mean, you've probably heard that there's, you know, five, six stages of grief. You need to throw that out the window because everybody grieves differently. And that's why we're trying to be there to let them know we're there for them, but also not be too intrusive, but just be aware that these, we are here to help you if need be. Um, and um, so we try to be very sensitive to that. Like some, as Mark said, some people want to be left alone at, at certain stages. Other people really want a lot of intervention. And that, that phrase has been said um, more than any other in our meetings, everyone grieves differently. We've said that over and over. We've talked about an idea and we said, well, should we do this? Should we not do this? And we said, well, everyone grieves differently. And so we're trying to offer as much as we can, realizing that people are in different places. Well, you're definitely between rock and a hard place because you got your own work, you got your own life. And the best thing I found to do is to just invite them to dinner sometime or something, uh, invite them to go fishing or something else, to, just to be together, you know, just to be, be there for them. That's definitely a challenge in your own time. And uh, the best thing I found is to just be there for yeah, To be present is a huge thing. You're right. Right now I've got a friend that I never knew in the whole world that I met him about a month ago. And I decided he's very lonely. The only thing he wants is to somebody to be there with him. And that's what I found earlier in life when I was in your shoes. That 
that's what people want most, fellowship. Mm -hmm. Something that takes the edge off the grieving. I found that out in my own life when my wife died. Somebody just to be there to speak to you and to have fellowship with you. Mm -hmm. Anyone else have any questions? March? We, we reluctantly let her go. We really didn't <laughs> want to let her go. We reluctantly let her go. And we've had some people, when we've sent those prayer cards out, we've had some people who have been widowed for 20, 30 years, and they've replied back that they appreciate the prayers, they've sometimes given us specific requests, and they said they still miss their spouse, even though it's 20, 30 years, that grief is still there. It gets better, but it's still there. So yeah, that's why we did, that's why we took the healing out of the, the name. We didn't like the acronym GHOST either, but it's so... <laughs> Anyone else have a question? I think it is about time that we close with prayer so we can get Chad back upstairs for the next service. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for bringing us together today to talk about caring for one another and how we can walk with each other. We thank you for giving us this family, and we ask that you teach us more and more how to love each other well. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this Growing You session. Next week, we start the first of a four-part series discussing the CRC Synod's Human Sexuality Report. The first session is led by our very own ministers, putting this whole conversation into context.